Hello, America. Welcome to your Leo Nation. I am the Chief Mark Garrett. We are excited again to have Marcelo back. Again, I'm the Chief, and and he's not, but uh, he has all the info, the knowledge. So that's why I drag him along here. And uh, my best friend and uh, partner in crime. Speaking of crime, <laughs> speaking of crime, my goodness. Listen, today we have the tale of two cities. No, not the book that some of you who did not go to public school are familiar with, that great book. This is a tale of uh, two cities run by um, some less than formidable politicians. We're going to dive right into this. And again, this is uh, the place where we believe in the rule of law, a civil society and self-responsibility. And the people we're about ready to talk about do not. So, uh, Marcelo, I know you've read the article and you know intimately about our, our glorious leader here in the city of Los Angeles, Karen Bass. Um, I'm going to dive right into this. This is from a recent article. Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass called to remove obstacles for new police recruits and pledged to root out officers with ties. Here it comes to right-wing domestic extreme extremist organizations. Unbelievable. I know it's not. Unbelievable. Do, by the way, do you know exactly what a, uh, a right-wing extremist uh, organization is? Terrorists, can we name a few of them? Crickets. No, uh, I think if you're a Republican, then you're considered an extremist. Ah, you nailed it. There you go. That's, that's, that's the premise of this whole thing. <laughs> it sounds right? like a, it's like a math class. R equals <laughs> right wing spring. This is, and I love how it it says just officers with ties to right wing domestic extremist organization. Mm-hmm. Where's the left wing? Nowhere to be. Where's, well, the, where's the Communist Party? Where's, I mean, so if I'm part of a uh, left wing uh, domestic terrorist or a domestic extremist group, then I'm I'm good. In, I'm in the clear. Well, let me educate you. Okay. I see. I see where you went way off the tracks. Right. There are no such things as left-wing terrorist groups. Exactly. Okay. That's see. That's once we understand that, now we'll understand where the good mayor is coming from. Ah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So look at this. Now, also, it says Bass is looking to remove obstacles for police recruits mm-hmm. who failed to initially qualify for training as a means of further diversifying. The LAPD, according to summary, a summary of her public safety goals obtained by Fox News Digital, but police union leaders are questioning the move. So you look at this. So the first little paragraph here talks about her effort to get rid of these right wing terrorists. Second paragraph talks about increasing diversity. Of course, these are diametrically opposed. You want to eliminate one group, but increase diversity. Now, look, nobody here wants any any obviously fringe, dangerous, crazy, terrorist-affiliated person in law enforcement. Let's right. all agree that yeah. that's, that's the elephant in the room, duh. Absolutely. But what we're looking at here is clearly an, uh, uh, an effort to purge anybody with whom she disagrees. Right. And, and who makes that decision? You know, that's what I want to know. Who's, who says, well, that's a right-wing extremist group? Who, who makes that decision? Is it a left-wing extremist that says that? I mean, th- this stuff is just 
I don't want to say par for the course because in my 20 years of law enforcement, I've never seen a mayor come out to say this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's upsetting. I mean, among the hundred other things that have happened, especially to the LAPD in recent uh, months, um, you know, with their uh, illustrious chief of police, <laughs> now the mayor coming out and, and uh, wanting to um, root out which is what? I, how are you going to do that? Are you going to go on social media and because someone says, "Hey, I support Donald Trump," you're a right wing extremist? Mm-hmm. I mean, at what point? At what point do you go? This is not beneficial for the city. It's not beneficial for the department. It's not beneficial for the community. Mm-hmm. If we have a, di- a diverse um, community, well, that's that's in itself. Republicans, Democrats, Hispanics, Blacks, Asians, liberal, that, conservative, short, everyone. tall. Yeah. So the you know, at one answer you you say you want to root out the right wing, um, and then another instance says you want a further diversity in the LAPD mm-hmm. by doing what you shouldn't do is lower the standards. Yeah, and and we're, we're going to talk more about lowering the standards, but you summed it up perfectly. This is this is so nebulous. In other words, there's nothing concrete, and we'll read a little bit more in this article. It's not a very long long article, but there there there's nothing defining even what she means. Even if you think, by the way, that there may be some quote unquote uh, right wing terrorist uh, members in LAPD, nothing here actually defines what that means. Exactly what you said. So right. you know, how do you you know what is the standard? So let's continue, shall we? (laughs) Bass's summary of goals for police reform includes a list of provisions as well as dates by which the department must report back regarding progress. One provision says a deputy mayor will work in conjunction with a third party. This is beautiful. A third party. So we don't know who this, you said it, you know, perfectly. Like, who are these people? What person? Who's the guru? Who's the oracle who's going to say, yes, that person's part of a group we don't like, that person's not, so forth and so on. We'll work in conjunction with a third party to evaluate the personnel process and identify obstacles to entry for recruits who fail to qualify for training. Now, let me read this next short paragraph. Quote, we think that particular that particular uh, provision or that goal or that idea is dangerous. Tom, is it uh, Sagaw? Los Angeles Police Protective League spokesperson told Fox News Digital. Uh, I'm going to let you take the helm on this about reducing the standards for training because you actually gave me some insight earlier about this. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, uh, 20 years ago, uh, and this is what we talked about before. If it is the same uh, physical fitness qualification test that I took 20 years ago, uh, in the in the department, um, you're looking at, and I, I and I'm being serious here. You're looking at riding a bike for five minutes at 70 RPMs. You're looking at a balance board. Basically, you get on a board and you just balance on it, and all you got to do is balance it for five seconds, and then you look at going to a slide, uh, a side to side slide 
four, I think it was 30 seconds. A 10 year old can do this, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm going to be, I'm going to, this is the test that I want. I want to get a 10 year old and I want to put them through. I do. Yeah. I want to put them through the LAPD uh, preliminary qualification physical test. Mm-hmm. And if a 10 year old can pass it, then this is where we fail as a department. Here is where we fail. The qualification to pass, it's the maximum is 100. Um, that's the max you can get, right? To qualify, to pass this test, all you need is 50%. That's all you need. I want, I want the, the listeners and viewers to be clear about this. 50% of the test that you just articulated, right. which doesn't seem to be that challenging to begin with, and they can basically get 50% of the successful and still pass. And the mayor wishes to reduce that even, even to, to, to a degree. Well, here's, here's the, the, this is where the kicker comes in. The folks that are failing are scoring under 10%, under 10%. Are you kidding me? This is the type of officer you want to put on the street. Listen, we, we talked about this before. When you lower the standards mm-hmm. in law enforcement, in a police department, unfortunately, you get Memphis. Yeah. That's what happens. It, it's, I'll tell you right now, Marcel, it is such a great <clears> – <throat> it's a great line for people to remember. I think that should be um, – I think it should be emblazoned on, on managers' you know, paperwork and desk and emails. When you lower standards, you get Memphis – Absolutely. And, and you're right. When you lower standards, you get, you get bad behavior, you get bad people, whether bad character-wise or bad performance-wise, bad reliable-wise, whatever, which is character. You get bad individuals. Bad individuals make up a bad organization, create a bad organization. It's a, uh, it's a very insightful way to put it. Um, you know, and again, <clears throat> this, I said <sighs> decades ago, to a mutual friend of ours, Jeff, Jeff Morsberg, I said, you know, when we were starting to see this kind of really, for lack of a better word, rot that was going on, not just in law enforcement, but in society general, I said, Jeff, I said, and again, this was about 20 years ago. I said, I'm telling you, all of this comes down to one word, and that word is standards, everything, whether it's education, it's law enforcement, it's self-responsibility, okay. accountability. The one word is standards, and the and the sentence is, there is an ongoing and specific attack on standards. This is the problem. This is where we're seeing, you know, we're seeing uh, uh, the word equity and inclusion. All of these things that are they're outcome, they're outcome based mentalities. They're outcome efforts. They're not equal playing field. They're not equal uh, accessibility. It's not everybody coming to the same start line with the same uh, parameters. It is everybody gets to the finish line first, no matter what your ability is. It's dangerous. We're seeing this happen. Like you said a minute ago, when you lower standards, you get Memphis. Let me continue with this. You want to chime in? I I was just going to say that what it also creates is animosity. When an Mm -hmm. officer goes through um, the process and then he finds out that someone else goes through the process and gets pushed through. Mm-hmm. 
it creates that animosity because that officer says to himself, well, why did I have to go through that? And this other officer who now makes the same pay as I do didn't. And so now you create this within this infighting within the department. CHP had a lieutenant who, who became a risk management expert. And I, I forget his name, but he says, you cut your losses early. A mm -hmm. bad probationer doesn't get better. He actually gets worse. A department should cut its losses because this way you reduce liability to the department and the community and you reduce embarrassment. Mm -hmm. And this is where it starts right here. This is the preliminary right here. You're not even considered a recruit. You're just an applicant and you're already lowering the standards. Mm -hmm. I said, this is, this is not only tragic, but this is, this is just a recipe for, uh, let's say it disaster, disaster. It is, it's a recipe for disaster. And you might not see it right now, but five years down the line, when you have an officer that uh, can't run after someone and that person goes into a house now and kills a family, mm -hmm. they're going to go back and say, well, how did this guy ever get on the job? Oh, well, we lowered the standards. He couldn't pass the 10%. So we made a 10% to pass. Mm -hmm. So, I well, mean, you, 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 uh, you remind me, or if you say in the courtroom, you refresh my memory, um, uh, about that, you know, cause I worked in recruitment for six years, two as an officer and later on as two as a, as a first time supervisor, a sergeant. And I remember those days, I am telling you right now, I am telling you right now, I remember those days when we were, um, there were, uh, efforts to recruit uh, uh, blacks, females, and there were people that were getting into the funnel, getting into the system with lower, uh, oral interview scores than other people who weren't black or female. I know for a fact, I was the one that went to complain to the chief about it. Yeah. And, um, and I can tell you right now, I, I know two specific examples that literally one literally ended in, in death and otherwise tragedy of those people who end up on the job and another person didn't last very long. And those are two people that excluded other people who had superior scores and by all accounts were superior candidates, but they, I don't know if they ever, ever gotten the job. They certainly didn't get on in that class where those people went to. Um, and so it's a prime example. Uh, it's a tangible example of what happens again, lower standards, you get disaster, you get Memphis. So I was in a, uh, I think we we kind of we kind of beat this one up. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, protective league, but I think we kind of summed it up a little bit. I do want to continue a little bit with the good mayor, um, uh, Sagal from the protective league. He did say uh, the provision calls for the lowering of standards within the police department as new hires who did not initially qualify during training are shown not to possess the mental fitness or the physical fitness ability to be a police officer. And again, you, you, you really summed that up well. And so has he, this is the, when I was in recruitment, Marcelo, I went to complain again to, to my bosses and, and said, listen, law enforcement is not, nor should it ever be a social experiment. Absolutely never. On the, the other side of that, or, or you know, to, to balance that out, 
of all of, of I think, uh, public service, law enforcement, and, and fire departments, they should be the most open, the most accessible to everybody, really like in every walk of life. But these really are the frontline, literally representatives of, of government when you think about it, our law enforcement, our fire personnel, they should be accessible. Law enforcement, I think, should actively recruit in underrepresented uh, uh, communities. In other words, seeking out those people who may not otherwise have co a positive contact with law enforcement, I want that. But once people are in the system, they must be held to the same standards as everybody else for the reasons you made clear, the least of which is, is, is to, to not foment uh, animosity and anger uh, between members of a particular department. So um, there's no doubt about that. It's unbelievable because, it, you know, it just, you, you know, uh, the mayor uses the word uh, removal of obstacles, which it, it's just a fancy word for lowering standards. Yeah. That's all it is. It's all it is. She doesn't want to say the word lowering standards because it looks mm -hmm. bad. Right. Remove well, obstacles. You, yeah, let's, let's, you know, you can't say, well, let's lower standards for a group of people that wear a uniform and can take your rights away mm -hmm. and can send you to jail and have a badge and a gun to pull you over mm -hmm. with or without your family present doesn't matter. Let's, let's, let's remove those obstacles. No, let's lower the standards for these people. Mm -hmm. You know, when it says right here that do not possess the mental fitness or physical fitness ability to be a police officer that in itself, Mark, if you're not mentally capable of carrying a badge and a gun where you have the power to take someone's freedom away, how can you possibly as mayor say this is good, mm -hmm. you know, unless you're the kind of person that wants to destroy a police department? I was going to say you took the words right out of my mouth. Unless you have a different agenda than actually making the, the department better. You, you nailed it. See, you and I have we have hands on practical experience. I was an FTO, a, you know, field train officer, with high patrol, Europe P2 for LAPD, trained people. And and I don't know about you, but. I definitely ended people's career. I said, this person, hey, Sarge, this person can never be a police officer, certainly not for the higher patrol. Another agency can do their evaluation, but I don't think they should be law enforcement. We were, we were tasked with the responsibility of vetting these people who have gone through our you know, academy. Mm -hmm. we, were, we were tasked with that to say, okay, they were able to get up and go to class and run around the track and blah, 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 blah what they do in the real world as opposed to a controlled environment with the academy is it, it's different and like you said that the mental fitness sometimes rarely but sometimes it does not cross over from that controlled environment to academy to the real world experience and that's a, a job of a trained officer to make those evaluations and we do that not because we want to end someone's dream of being a police officer but we want to make sure that we are earning the public trust by saying look this guy or gal just cannot cut it. They can't make the good decisions. They can't right. think quick enough. Um, they don't know north and south. They don't know what, a, you know, the 100 block of, you know, the street is. We do not want to put them in a position of getting themselves hurt or getting someone else hurt. So that is not the same agenda that Karen Bass and other so-called leaders have. It is not. And uh, this is what we're up against right now. She's now the head of the city of Los Angeles, very influential. And quite frankly, based on these types of comments, I am not 
looking forward to, nor am I hopeful for the Los Angeles Police Department at this at this rate. And who would be? I mean, if you're a community member who who lives in you know uh, communities that have high crime areas, you should be very afraid. I mean, this is this is not how you help a community. And the truth is, it doesn't matter what community you live in. Uh, I don't care if you live in, in the San Fernando Valley or the south end of L.A. It doesn't matter. You cannot have police officers do, that do not have the mental fitness to become cops and give them a badge and a gun. It, it just you cannot lower the standards anymore. Um, FTOs. Before it was field training officers. Before, if you got three unsats, you were gone. Mm -hmm. You got one unsat, you were remediated. You got another unsat, you got remediated again. And on the third one, you lost your job. Mm -hmm. Now, I've heard from FTOs that say they've given seven unsats, eight unsats. And the captains of those divisions tell them, keep working with them. Unbelievable. And the, and the truth is, you're not telling a, an FTO to, to keep working with them. You're telling them, just pass them. That's right. That's what you're telling them. That's exactly right. And, of course, now the same people that want a diversity, they want, they want more diversity and inclusion and so forth and so on, equity, outcome, whatever. These are the same people. These are the same people who are responsible for the lack of interest in law enforcement making it more difficult for good law enforcement agencies to recruit good people. So now what do they want to do? Now they want to find anybody to fill a uniform. So they've caused a problem. They are the arsonists, and now they're showing up with a can of gasoline. Exactly. This is exactly what's happened. Yeah. It's a horrible, horrible cycle. And let, let's be honest. The reason why they want to uh, take away obstacles or lower the standards, uh, better yet, it's because – the Los Angeles Police Department have had recruitment classes of 30 or less officers. They can't get officers to join the job. Why not find out why? They're not why? Because they're not interested in why. They're not interested? They're not interested in why. Or it could possibly be nobody wants to work for a chief of police like that. <laughs> not, not only that particular chief of police, but the thing is people – Fair, good, honest people do not want to be under the purview of so-called leadership like this, where the cops are always assumed to be the bad person, that, that they did something wrong, that uh, they're going to be scrutinized for a year for a, literally a two-second decision. That's the default. This is the default. I'm sorry, it's hard to say, and, and you can keep on with that article if you want to take, take some look at it, but I do want to move on to yeah. the fun stuff here, um, a little bit of good news, but yeah. this is what we're up against. So I opened it up um, with uh, the, the the title of this show, and and, and by the way, uh, Anthony, uh, I'm going to get that to you, and it, it will be called The Tale of Two Cities, um, uh, The Tale of Two, two Mayors. So there's some good news that recently came out that uh, the illustrious, the uh, wonderful leader of the city of Chicago, the once great city of Chicago, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, a.k.a. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Um, now, by the way, I did not coin Beetlejuice. That actually came from a 
great, great pundit. I mean, the guy's hilarious. It's Rob Carson on, on Newsmax. If you haven't watched Rob on the weekends, get him on Newsmax. He's hilarious. It's a 30-minute show. He packs it full of great information and great comedy. And I don't know, it was probably a year and a half, two years ago. I watched him one day, and he pops in a picture of Lori Lightfoot, and he just goes, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I almost peed my pants. And so now when I see her, that's all I can think of because she's more Beetlejuice than Beetlejuice was in the movie. But the good news is here for us folks, we're in the right direction, at least with Chicago. Unlike here, we're actually going backwards. We're going backwards in the city of Los Angeles. Chicago, let's keep our, our, our hands together. Let's pray. Keep your fingers and toes crossed going the right direction. She got ousted. They had this runoff. She got, I think, uh, less than 18% of the vote. It's not a runoff. It was just, uh, uh, I forget what it's called, but um, they're going to a runoff with the two biggest vote getters, but she came in third place. She's the incumbent, or she was. She got less than 18% of the vote. There was another joke going around. This is kind of harsh, but you think about this. They said the reason she didn't get reelected because all of her voters were murdered. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's some humor to that, but of course behind that it's dark humor because it's true. The murder weight rate under, under her, uh, uh, her tenure there went up something like 60%. The, the, the auto theft rate went up almost 300%. Rapes, assaults, batteries, larcenies, petty theft, all of these burglars, they skyrocketed under this woman. She did nothing. Just a few weeks ago, she's out dancing in the snow while people where children are being murdered in her city. By the way, another cop hater. I don't care what she says after the fact. I don't care. You look at her record. She hates law enforcement. So let me read this. Alcet City uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot explained away her Tuesday election loss, which is just very recent. As a result, here it is. Does anybody want to guess? Does want to guess? Three seconds, two seconds. Why did she get ousted? No, I, I can tell you without even reading it, race. There you go. And, and we don't mean the kind on track and field. We mean her skin color. She's uh, being ousted as a result of being a black woman in America. Now, the murder rate, the overall crime rate had Nothing to do with it. Nothing. On, on top of this, I, I wonder if this woman, Beetlejuice, <clears throat> I can't help it. I wonder if this woman has looked at any recent American history. Like, um, let's see, we had a black president for eight years. We have a black female vice president currently. We have a black male Supreme Court justice. We have a black female Supreme Court justice. We had a black female secretary of state. We have a lesbian black uh, a press uh, a secretary for the White House now. And on and on and on and, and on. How many black mayors do we have how, around wh- the country? Around the country. We were talking about a black female mayor in Los Angeles. Yeah. The second largest city is a great point, Marcelo. The second largest city in the country of a black female uh, mayor. Yeah. Uh, this woman is so out of touch. She is responsible for the deaths of thousands of Chicagoans. She's responsible. Her so-called leadership is responsible. Lightfoot get this faced eight challengers and finished Tuesday night's election in third place, failing to get enough support to continue into a runoff election. Reporters pressed her on whether she believed she was treated unfairly during the campaign process. Quote, I'm a black woman in America. Of course, she responded, according to reports. That's her answer. 
This person Wasn't is... she black when she won? No. No, 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 no. No, she was a, a green alien when she right. won, and then she transitioned to a black, black woman guy. about just the, the day after the election. Gotcha. Another great point. Yeah. Another great point. Was she black when she was elected? I think she was. And black, black and a female, female, too. And female. Yeah. yeah. Still is. And according to... By the way, I didn't print this article out for you because I knew it would take it over and make more jokes than me, so I wanted <laughs> to keep this close to the vest. I know how you are. So commandeer my material. But this is, you know, it's, it's a great point. Yeah. So she was... She was she was black when she was elected. So. <laughs> do, 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 America. America. <laughs> I, I, you know, what do you say? Yeah. I mean, what can you say? You were black when you got elected. So America's not racist. But now because you weren't reelected. Now they're racist. But of course, it has nothing to do with the crime rate. Nothing. It has nothing to do with people being shot and killed in your city has nothing to do with that. It has to do with you being black. I mean, this is just, it's incredible. I mean, for you to, for someone to say that and, and, you know, and I know we're, we're making fun of it, but she's a hundred percent serious. She, she's hundred percent. You have to ask yourself, do these people actually believe these people who, who, who thrive on the race card, who thrive on the gender card, do they believe what they're saying? And and I, I don't always have the answer, but in this case, I I, I tend to believe she actually believes what she's saying. I, I really do. This is how well, self-indoctrinated and externally indoctrinated she is. She went on to say again, of course, because you know, twice is not enough. I am a black woman, she told the mag uh, she told the magazine. Let's not forget, certain folks, frankly, don't support us in leadership roles, like you said, they supported her four years ago. Here is something that's fun. Although he's not female, he doesn't identify as one. One of the, the two people who came in ahead of her, guess what race he is? Black. So somehow she got ousted because she is black, but the other guy got into the runoff coming up, although he's black or because he's black. I just can't understand. Um, by the way, that guy, what's his name? I had it here someplace. Uh, I had it down here someplace. <clears throat> but this one guy, oh, here it is, uh, Chicago School. But uh, so Paul Paul Vallis, by the way, both of the the, the guys were remaining for the runoff. It's coming up pretty soon. He is a Democrat, but he apparently he seems to be adamantly pro cop, and he said this crime wave is going to come to an end, uh, you know, if and when he's elected. The other guy is uh where was his name here i had it here someplace oh brandon johnson brandon johnson he is yeah paul valves face off against brandon johnson this guy is one of the original defund the policers oh beautiful yeah he's now here, here's my fear for you poor souls who live in chicago have to put up with this machine is that the people who did vote for Lori Lightfoot are also going to vote for this loser who's the defunder. Right. So I'm pulling for uh, Paul uh, Vallis or Vias. I think it's Vallis, her name uh, pr uh, pronounced, telling you folks, get out there, vote. You got to vote for this guy. You got to support him. They're all Democrats. But this guy, I, I get along with plenty of Democrats because sure. I don't think he's a leftist. I don't think so. This, this guy wants law and order.
Right. And you know what? You, you, you can't you can't vote for someone that brings in the same recipe as Lightfoot does. If, if you got if you vote for the guy that takes on uh, Lightfoot's agenda, then it's like you're voting for Lightfoot. And then and then you can't complain when your city gets worse and worse and worse and has this type of crime rate. Yeah. You got to go in a different direction. You have to. You have to. And it's it's. You know, it, it, it's like the old saying goes, uh, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, and expecting a different result. That so, means insanity. Insanity. I dropped my so, pencil. So, so insane. So, you know, look at each of these candidates, Chicago. Look at each of these candidates and vote with your mind. That's right. Stop voting under race pretenses. Stop voting for someone because they, they're a certain color. Stop it. You know, you got to vote for the person that you know will improve the lives of the community in Chicago. At least that you believe will do it. Right. But it, it's exactly right. So, listen, this has been fun. And, uh, and I just wanted to cover this. It's just, the timing was great. I wanted to get on and get this podcast out on this great. topic. And uh, we will be back soon. And, um, hey, remember... If you can, whatever you can go, go look up our charitable partner, uh, uh, yourleoproject.org, yourleoproject.org. Give whatever you can. We're trying to help the families of fallen officers, and uh, your support goes a long way in making that happen. So with that said, uh, Marcella, once again, thank you. I'm looking forward to the next time. This is getting to be too much fun. And uh, God bless you. God bless everybody listening. Anthony, Vince in the background. By the way, just so you guys know, we got families back here. We have Mrs. Aru, and we have Bella Aru, and we have Dylan Garrett all watching us back there and uh, making fun of us. That's why I was looking back at the camera sometime. And Anthony, of course, we have a whole bunch of good-looking people back there, and then we actually have uh, our producer who's not that good-looking. But, Anthony, I love you. (laughs) God bless everybody. We will see and talk to you next time. God bless.